There's my Huckleberry. What's up, yo? What's going on, brother? Oh, nothing. Just a busy day. Running around. Yeah? You sound like you had a busy day. Yeah, you could tournament. Good turnout for it. Uh, I've never done one of those before, but well, the real reason I had to be there like uh, for the get-go of it is the fucking dumbasses don't know how to fucking ride around Robin Pool, so I had to do the schedule. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So then I had to like track the games and just make sure they were moving on pace, but... Then good later thing, on, I got... Good thing you followed the G1, so you know how round rod works. Oh, yeah, man. So that's still going on. And then later on, after we wrap up, I got to go to the bowling alley for Super Bowl. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then there's a, a guy that's playing music one place. I got to stop these pictures and video of. Right on. And then all the Super Bowl shit tomorrow. Uh, speaking of, when do you want to slot that in <coughs> out of the locker room? Oh shit, yeah, we need to record locker room. Yep. Um. Fuck, I don't know. I, I, I totally hadn't even thought about it. Honestly. I have to work at like four. Okay. It's usually when you're running kids home too, isn't it? So. Yeah, I'm afraid about that. We have, we have to just do it in the afternoon sometime. Dude, speaking of kids, check this out. Sydney wears a CrossFit Jesus t-shirt to school yesterday. Right. And she tweets it out that she's sporting her black and brave Seth Rollins t-shirt at school. And fucking Seth Rollins retweeted it. Really? I was like, you have got to be fucking shitting me. Yeah, dude, both Seth Rollins and Black and Brave retweeted her. She's got like 60-some-odd retweets on it, and God knows how many likes, and it's like... Damn, dude. My fucking kid's getting more over than I am. I do this shit for God knows how many hours a week. She put on a t-shirt, and one of us gets over There we go, man. And the worst part is, is I'm the one that bought the fucking t-shirt. I thought when you I thought you were going to tell me, like, I made her, like, leave school or something, because she had Jesus on her shirt or something. He does kind of look like Jesus. So yeah, that's, that's it. Cool get all offended or some shit. That's it. I'm not putting Seth Rollins over on this show anymore until he retweets me. Motherfucker. Fuck a Seth Rollins. Alright. Saturday, February 3rd, Super Bowl Eve 2018. Welcome to yet another edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by thegorillaposition.com and presented by Hami Media. On this show, Rick and I are talking about the ratings from this past week, Omega vs. Rhodes, oh my god, can I call him that? The Honor Club, Mr. Nikki Bella, and NXT tapings from the last couple of days. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, hit us on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, shoot us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. 
My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. I'm joined, as always, alongside the anvil to my hitman, Huckleberry number one, RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. It's me, it's me. It's that R to the B to the V. Rick Victory here. It is the weekend. I'm going to have some freaking fun. Hey, I got a busy day going on, but hey, plenty of time to take a break from all the hustle of my professional life. So slide it over here to the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast with you, Michael Jargo. My wife comes in right after we start recording the show because she needs a cigarette. It's a good thing she's cute. So what are we talking about today? Well, well, first things first, I want to ask you about the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, we, you know, we are on Super Bowl 52 Eve. I, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I've got a few takes here. Uh, obviously, you've got your boys. Uh, I can see you, the, the listener's hand, but you are rocking. I'm rocking, I'm rocking the TB12 jersey. There you go. Patriots Nation. I like uh, so, so, obvious. Obviously, you're going with your boys here. What's the line on this game? Um, last I saw it was like four and a half points, New England. Um, I, I, I am a Tom Brady mark. I'm not necessarily a Patriots fan, but I am a Tom Brady fan. If I have come to learn anything when it comes to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, you know they're probably going to be trailing at halftime, and it's going to be a close game. It'll be an exciting game. The Patriots don't blow people out. I was going to say, you know what? I, I have probably only watched about nine quarters of football the entire season. Uh, and that goes back to eight of those are week one and week two. I was watching my Cincinnati Bengals. And as we all know, their season didn't go well. But, and I, you know, I really – I will say that I was one of those that said, you know what, I'm going to turn off – I'm going to turn off the NFL uh, during – you know, for the to counter the protest. But then, you know, after a week or so, I found myself doing other things, and I just – I forgot. I completely just lost interest in it this year. I, I haven't watched a whole lot of football. I've watched the playoffs mostly because, you know, wins and losses matter when you get to the playoffs. Um, it, it's it's a season just like every other season, except this year uh, my, my Green Bay Packers got knocked out of it pretty early when uh, Aaron Rodgers went down with the uh, broken collarbone. We couldn't make up the ground in the division. The wife's a big Vikings fan, so I was pulling for Minnesota. I was really hoping that uh, it would be New England versus Minnesota with the Super Bowl in Minnesota. I was really, really excited to see super bad guy Tom Brady. Yeah, I think that would have, you know, that would have been, you know, to kind of compare that to professional wrestling terms, you talk about the ultimate spot for the heels to come in and steal a win. Uh, first time ever of a of the team actually playing a Super Bowl in their home city would have been the case with the Vikings. And, you know, <clears throat> Belichick and his boys would have came in with the best possible game plan. Uh, stole the complete thunder from the Vikings area. That would have been some great history. But we've got we've got Philadelphia. We've got uh, New England. I got a little transition here for you. Uh, I know we're going to be talking about some WWE ratings. With the decline we've seen in the NFL ratings this year, do you think we're going to see a hit on this Super Bowl, or is it the Super Bowl just beyond that? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um I think I, I was actually thinking about this earlier today. This is one of the worst hyped Super Bowls that I can remember. I, I just I don't hear all the mainstream media attention on this game like I have years past. Like you were saying, you know, NFL ratings are down eighteen percent this year. I'm sure that absolutely plays into it. I just wonder, you know, with the, with the Super Bowl though. You know, it's kind of evolved beyond just, you know, the game itself. You know, it is, you know, for especially, you know, the American society. And I mean, it's a global phenomenon, but especially here, you know, in the home of the NFL, you know, plenty of casuals come into this thing. It's just become you're used to going to, you know, a big gathering. It's a big it's almost like Christmas Day. You know, it's it's almost a holiday right. on itself. Super Bowl Sunday in the in the States. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's become more about just. You know, everyone getting together and spending that afternoon or that evening together, uh, having a good time, you know. It's weird. I don't even know what channel it's on this year. I know it's not on CBS and I know it's not on Fox, so I assume it's on NBC. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I know I won't be working it. I've got a, an event to do and I got suckered into uh, working behind the scenes, so I won't be around it. So, Do you have a prediction for the game? Uh, I'm with you. 
I was ha- I was talking with some individuals about this uh, yesterday and and this afternoon. I don't really know too much about it. I know the Eagles, they got, hey, they got some high power offense there, but man, you just can't bet against the Patriots in a big situation. Taking Patriots 24 21. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to get some points up in the 40s. Really? I think we're going to get a high score game. That would be fascinating. I could see it too. I could see Brady just picking those guys apart. Um, If you guys haven't seen it yet, Tom Brady is releasing like a mini documentary on that Facebook watch, which the WWE platform is using for the mix match challenge. And it's like a six part little documentary series. They're about 15 minute episodes and it tells you why Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And we're going to talk about Tom Brady a little bit later in this show too. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the weekly ratings because, you know, coming out of Raw 25, we expected a little bit of a drop off, but I'm not quite sure that we expected this. Uh, Rick, have you seen any of the viewership numbers for this week yet? Uh, yeah, I've, I've had to, I've glanced at them a little bit. So Raw 25 drew a 3.01. Raw this week drew a 2.37. Uh, now, granted, that is up from two weeks ago when they drew like a 2.26. But last year, it was 2.49 at this time. And we still had a 601,000 person drop off between the first and the third hour. Well, you know, and they, and they completely missed some big opportunities. Uh, I'd really be interested to see some of these uh, rumble numbers. You know, because they did, they used this Rousey as a surprise there when they should have been stooging that off to get people invested, interested, wanting to watch the Rumble. But then you have, you turn around, all right, now the news is out there. I mean, people, you know, news outlets are buzzing that, that Ronda is with the WWE. People are going to want to tune in on Monday to, you know, get a glimpse of her and you, and you know show with her. Well, and you know, it's weird, man, because ever since this, these are numbers that we've been following ever since we started this show. So we know what these numbers have been. And when we started this show back in God, what was that? October, I want to say, you know, they were still in that like 250,000 range. And all of a sudden the drop off is 600,000 every week. This third hour is just killing them. It's killing the creative and it's it's killing their numbers. At a certain point, I'm starting to think this is actually going to cost them money because I know in the reports going into this TV contract negotiation, WWE was hoping for around $400 million. And the number that I'm hearing floated around is like 246. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, our, our boy, Emilicia over in the Hameen Media Discussion Group on Facebook, he had a story about this he just posted. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, and it was about half of what, you know, that they believe their worth is out on that market. Uh, what these networks are going to be coming back with, as you said, man, it's, it's about half of what WWE is looking for. You know, they say that the numbers don't matter. Suddenly the numbers matter and their numbers are crap. Even more so telling this week, and I'm just absolutely fascinated by this, is the SmackDown numbers. SmackDown drew a 1.73. Last week, it drew a 1.77. One year ago, 1.72. They drew a 1.73 against the State of the Union address. Are we seriously at the floor for SmackDown? Like the viewership didn't drop at all here. I've seen a few counter arguments that like, hey, they held their own. And, you know, I'm quick to to point out, you know, what you're going your direction here is no, this isn't good because it means they've hit the they've hit rock bottom. Like no matter what, this is the audience for SmackDown. This is the diehards that aren't shutting this show off. It's it's that group that you always kind of compare with, with impact wrestling. You know, it's just, there is that core group that will just watch wrestling if it's on. And I think we're hitting that number here with WWE. 1.73 against the state of the union. I mean, I figured this rating was going to be in the 1.5s. I thought they were going to drop off considerably. I even entertained the idea. They might go down to like a 1.3 here. 
But no, they held their own rating. That tells me there is no casual fans watching this show. You got the you got those fans that are that are just fans of wrestling that are going to watch it if it's on television. That's crazy. I mean, is SmackDown uh, really that bad? Well, it has been. You know, from just off this fan's perspective, you know, it hasn't been good in a long, long time. I, I just want to say it hasn't been good in maybe about a year. So I guess my question is here, what is the solution for SmackDown? Or is there a solution for SmackDown? Or is it time? Is it time? to start entertaining the idea of killing this fucking brand split. I don't think we're quite there yet. There still is a great deal of value in having a platform for more individuals to shine. The problem, the real issue is, is that WWE isn't letting those, those uh, individuals have an opportunity to become true superstars. You know, it, it is truly is they have cookie cutter talent and it's about just promoting the WWE brand as a whole and not creating the superstars like you've seen, you know, in the success from past from past eras. Uh, also, you know, to really say this thing, though, I think it's probably time. And I, I don't want the the run of the mill shakeup that we've seen. I want them to come out, approach it in a creative uh, direction and do some trades, you know, create some intrigue where you don't know who's going to show up where and when to start building some interest there. And I'm sorry. And I, I know we talked about this on the show Thursday, you know, USA, it's a, you know, that's the big rumors. USA wants a McMahon in the spotlight. They, they need to get away from everything revolving around uh, Shane McMahon. It's killing the show. It's absolutely killing the show. This entire Shane and Brian and Owens and Zane and styles and Nakamura. It's, it's a black hole. And it just, the more that we throw into it, the bigger this black hole is expanding and it's not, it's not benefiting anything, but it's absolutely, it's brought down Kevin Owens, Sammy Zayn, you, I, you might be able to say has been elevated a little bit in this program. It's absolutely brought down AJ Styles. And now if you're going to bring Shinsuke Nakamura into this, it's absolutely going to bring him down too. This needs to be about AJ and Shinsuke, not Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and all this other bullshit. I liked how you compared it to a black hole. Exactly, that's exactly what this thing is. You know, it's just there. It's not going anywhere. It's not doing anything. Uh, they're not giving us any direction. They're giving us no reason to invest. I'm sure, you know, eventually we're going to get some sort of payoff here. But if you spend months upon months of, just throwing whatever against the wall and you're going in every which direction fans are not investing in this thing. And there really is no reason you don't, you know, we like that surprise, but you at least have to give us some sort of direction. I mean, we, we went through six months of gender Mahal and that's when this Shane McMahon storyline thing started. We all couldn't wait to get the title off of Mahal. They put the title back on styles and it's done nothing. It hasn't well, you, moved any numbers. It's not. It doesn't seem to be selling more tickets. Here's been the issue, though. They have spent so long. That's why I say it's almost been a year since this thing was good. And, that's, and this is going all the way back to when they took that took that title off of AJ. But it's everything on the show. The WWE Championship is second tier to whatever Shane McMahon has going on. It's second tier. When Ginger was there, he was working mid card because the. The hot program, the story that was getting focused, always involved Shane McMahon. I mean, when you look at the talent roster for SmackDown Live, there is no reason that show is that bad. Well, well, and then again, you know, you you have Shane above all, then you give a little bit of love to your WWE Championship. Man, there there is no sense of you know concern or importance on spotlighting their actual mid-card talent. They just kind of run them out there and, you know, and maybe, and then sometimes they'll pick up, they'll get a little steam behind their tag division and then it just suddenly drops out, you know, at the bottom of it. And it's obviously hurting live attendance sales as well because we have a SmackDown show coming to Cedar Rapids 
I decided I was not going to this show because I'm tired of seeing the SmackDown roster. I've seen the SmackDown roster like three, four times in the last year. But I got an email the other day from the venue, buy three tickets, get one free. So, I mean, wow. we're, we're at that level trying to, to fill this damn place up. Anything that gets you through the gate, huh? Yep. But why is that? Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan aren't selling live show tickets. And when that's the focus of the show, why in the hell am I going to pay to see it live when they ain't going to be there, except maybe on a video screen? Well, you, you don't want to spend, uh, you know, for your family of four, you don't want to spend upwards to, uh, what would it run you, about 75 to 100 bucks? Oh, at least. Yeah, for bad okay. seats. So you, you don't want to drop 100 bucks for ass pancakes? That's the thing. I mean, when you watch SmackDown, do you really want to pay to go see that show live? You know, I don't know. Uh, no, another thing here that we've been, you know, keeping an eye on with the ratings. I know it was getting, uh, you know, I, the live views, people that are actually tuning in to catch it in real time on Facebook with the Mixed Match Challenge. Uh, that seems to be drastically dwindling down to almost near nothing now. But in that five day stretch, you know, when we started covering this, we said, each time, let's give it a couple days, about five days to see where we're at. And it seems to be ho- holding steady. Uh, this so that's last at the bottom floor, too. This last week's match, which one was this? Uh, Stroman Bliss versus Zane Lynch, correct? Yep. Okay, that one, since its runtime, since its airtime, has had 1.6 million views. And that's right around where they were for the first week with, with Baylor and Sasha versus Nakamura and Natalya. It's just that flat, they're not getting any traction. That's the number of marks that are going to watch something on Facebook watch. And then the number goes down from there, but it never goes up. And then, you know, uh, again, again, with that, though, the show's confusing. You know, there is no continuity from what we're seeing on the program. You know, just this week on SmackDown, you've got Sami Zayn working the actual show in the main event with Kevin Owens, and we got, you know, a great deal of character development of evil Sami Zayn. And then, yeah. And then five minutes later, he's out, you know, shucking and jiving and playing grab ass with Lynch. Consistency. That's the problem. Consistency. Uh, Impact, I guess a little bit of good news. Uh, Impact up to 319,000 viewers. Up, That's up from 310,000 last week. But, I mean, we're still right in that same demographic i still think it's crazy that you know we're talking about three hundred and nineteen thousand when six hundred and two thousand shut off raw just to so put was, that number in comparison I, you know i haven't caught up on on impact this week uh this is the first this was the launch of the, the new regime correct yep yep um so i this, started this the watching episode, I, the episode with aries going over i assume um i started watching the show i haven't made it all the way through it yet um but originally, I just put on the show like as I was going to bed in the background, just because I wanted to see if it looked any different. And it looks like the same Impact Wrestling, but with a four-sided ring. Because it is the return of the four-sided ring on this show. Okay. That's about how far I've made it into the show so far. But I am going to watch it, because I am curious. I am curious. So we were talking about streaming services. Uh, We now have yet another one. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on this, Rick. Ring of Honor has officially launched the Honor Club. Ring of Honor is proud to officially announce Honor Club. With the imminent launch of Honor Club, the ringside membership will be deprecated to make way for this view and the improved Honor Club. In addition to live streaming ROH pay-per-views and on-tour events and the vast array of on-demand library, Honor Club will be the destination to connect wrestling fans with exclusive content, offers, and more. So it sounds like this is very much going to be like New Japan World, where all the shows are going to be broadcast on this Honor Club streaming service. Uh, the thing that intrigues me the most is you can pay for it at $9.99 a month or you can pay for it $99.99 for the entire year. 
that entitles you to 50% off of the Ring of Honor pay-per-views. Okay? Or you can pay $120 flat out for the year, and that gets you everything. So you get all the pay-per-views, all the live shows for $120 a year. So that basically breaks down to 10 bucks a month, but you're paying for it all in one shot. Now, my question to you becomes, all right, so I'm already paying for WWE Network and I'm paying for New Japan World. Is 120 bucks for Ring of Honor actually going to be worth it to be paying for a third wrestling streaming service? That's where I was going to jump in, you know, just, you know, at at face value, that's a hell of a deal, you know? pay it up front you're going to get all this great content but the issue is how much you know where else are you spending when does enough become enough right you know and then not even just wwe and new japan world you've got your your netflix you got your, your hulu subscription you know it's all these different options that are out there i mean the reason you went to these things is to try to you know to cut back on maybe your cable expenses we're all going to be right. All this a la carte kind of programming stuff. We're going to be right back up there. But with less with choices than we originally had. Correct. So it, I guess when it comes to the streaming business model, and I, I kind of wanted to tie this into the May Young classic. At what point does enough become enough? I'm tired of paying for shit. You know, and, and suddenly you, you just want to be able to pay one place and get all this shit for free. Oh, wait, we already did that. And it's called direct TV. But now all the live content is moving to this streaming platform. Are, are, are they kind of crippling their own business at this point? Like, I would love to watch Ring of Honor, but God damn, do I really want to pay another 120 bucks a year just to watch Ring of Honor? That's, you know, that's what I'm saying. It sounds like a tremendous deal. Uh, there's going to be some great content out there. I, I love Ring of Honor. But when is enough enough? You know, you know, I've got so many other expenses going out right now. This is, that's, this is a reason. To, I guess, was it Twitch that was running the Wrestling Week? They've right. got a lot of great content on there that, that you know, is either free or reasonably cheap. I'm going to get a wider variety of professional wrestling through Twitch. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's a good deal. But, you know, I'm already paying 120 bucks a year for WWE Network. And then I'm already paying, you know, another 120 bucks a year for New Japan World. And it's like, man, when I start adding all this up and it's like, how much fucking money am I spending on wrestling? It would be so much cheaper to just not be a wrestling fan, you know? And, I, and I'm afraid that's what happens in the casual fan's mind. You introduce this Ring of Honor streaming service now. Where is it going to push some of the smaller ones, you know, like? The global wrestling network, that thing's about dead in the water, isn't it? It sure seems like it. I mean, I but I actually saw a preview for something on Global Wrestling Network like two days ago. They are. They're actually they're they're filming exclusive content for and here's you know a thing with, with Impact. They're they're filming for their television, which you know here in the United States is pop, but you know, they've got other deals elsewhere around around the world. Uh, they've they film exclusive content for Twitch. And exclusive for the global network. I mean, how much how much are they spreading themselves then? It's interesting stuff, man. I mean, when you really start breaking down all these numbers, it's just like this is why people stop being wrestling fans. Number one, they can't afford it. Number two, they don't have the time for it. Well, when you oversaturate your marketplace, you're going to eventually turn off the consumer. Especially if you're running all the shows, like it works for new Japan because they don't run that many shows to begin with. And you can see all of the cards ahead of time. And you know, I need to watch this show, this show, this show, and that show. And then if I've got three hours to kill, yeah, I'll go ahead and put on this random house show that has nothing but, you know, eight tag team matches on it because I'm bored and I need something to do. But I know I want to watch this one, this one, this one, and that one. And those are going to be the big, important shows. 
And I know that ahead of time. With Ring of Honor, if they're going to start like trying to incorporate their storylines into every one of their house shows, how many shows are they running a month? Like, how much is this 120 bucks really getting me? But then I think, on the other hand, how many Ring of Honor pay-per-views do I get? And when I order a Ring of Honor pay-per-view, they're 45 bucks. So, and then even with the ringside view, they're going to incorporate that into their, their streaming service, correct? That's yeah. what you were saying? Yeah. All right, so it's going to be kind of weird because you're going to get, like, these huge chunks of where they're filming television. That's not going to air for weeks. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm fascinated how all of this is really going to work or if this is going to end up like new Japan and the TV product on access TV, which while it's great is still hitting that, you know, 250,000 viewers, the audience isn't growing and that becomes the problem. All right. So Rick, I've got this pitch for you. This is an interesting one. I put a lot of thought behind this and I think we can all relate to it. Have you ever had that friend who starts dating a chick and you just don't like the chick? Like you guys used to be really, really good friends. Like you'd go out and you'd hang out at the bar. You'd watch wrestling together, throw back a couple of cold ones. Hey, dude, I was that friend for a while, man. <laughs> I didn't really pick up on it. I dated this girl for like, it was probably the most serious relationship I'd ever been in. Probably the closest I've ever come to even like considering, you know, like engagement or you know, and wedding bells and all that. Uh, but yeah, she was like a total cunt. All my friends could not stand her. <laughs> but eventually you notice that that person is slowly becoming the person that you don't like. And suddenly your friends don't like you anymore and they stop calling you and they don't want to hang out with you because you remind them of her. That's what I want to do with John Cena. I want to turn John Cena into Mr. Nikki Bella and have that be the John Cena heel turn. What do you think? I, I don't know. It, it, lay this out for me a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I, when you think I, of I'm having trouble envisioning, I guess what you, what you got going on here. Let's, let's think about total Bellas, total divas, the Nikki Bella that we all perceive, right? She's the princess. She wants everything prim and proper. She wants the big house. She wants to go out to the fancy five-star restaurants. I think she, she's earned that. And now John Cena is becoming that way. Every time you see John Cena outside of the WWE, he's wearing, you know, his $15,000 suit and his $6,000 shoes and driving in his Ferrari and living in a big house and make sure that you take your shoes off when you come in. We're going to have red wine for dinner. We need you all here for dinner at 530. Let's just embrace that John Cena character. And then he can still pander to the kids while we all get the joke that's going on here. You understand what I'm saying? I, I get you now. I get you now. I just It's almost I, like I'm we're trying, turning him into Ric Flair. Instead of John Cena coming out to the ring in his, in his jean shorts and his Fruit Loop t-shirt, let's just see him come out in a $15,000 suit and Nikki on his arm. Let's, let's take the comparison of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. People love Peyton Manning, right? He's the everyman. He drives a Buick. He shops at Subway. Papa He's on John's. Papa John's. All the commercials, you see Peyton Manning everywhere. You know who you don't see? Tom Brady. You know why? Because the ads he's doing are for Gucci. Ferrari. He's married to a supermodel. He's, I was going to say, he's I mean, better it's, it's than high, you. As high profile as he is, you know, he's you know, arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game with the Super Bowl rings. You know, he's, he's got the looks. He, you know, he's got that just swagger about him. He's not even the breadwinner in his family. His wife is not only smoking hot, she makes more than the top player in the NFL. I mean, that's how great his life is. So I want John Cena to stop being Peyton Manning and start being Tom Brady. I want right, better than can, you, John Cena. I feel you on this, but... Everything oh, we hate about the Bellas, we let John Cena embrace that. Are we going to have some gimmick infringement with The Miz, though? You know, I thought about that. 
But, you know, I, I think it's worth it to do this because I think in the long run, if we can turn Cena and they tell us it's okay to boo John Cena, I think that's really going to help Roman Reigns. And in the long run, isn't that really what this is all about? We see John Cena on Good Morning America. I want him coming out on Raw and being like, that's right, tomorrow morning. Make sure that you tune in to Good Morning America. I'm going to be on there. You know why? Because I'm fucking better than you. I do like I do like the angle you're going with. If you can really get Cena to that level, then counter that by presenting Reigns in a light where, you know what, man? Maybe this guy is like us a little bit. Maybe, maybe Roman Reigns isn't so bad. Right. Like, just have John Cena go over the top with it and become obnoxious about it. There's something there's something going on with John Cena, man. When I watch the end of the Rumble, you get very, very aggressive John Cena. Monday night on Raw, the, the commentary is putting over how the Philly fans are getting inside of John Cena's head. And you're seeing a little bit different side here tonight of John Cena. Like, I think I purposely think that him and Finn Balor had a shitty match on Raw. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a bad bad match on it, but but I think it was exactly on. the match they wanted. He's getting he's getting shit on by those Philly fans, but then afterwards he starts pandering to them by singing the Philly fight song because he's John Cena. He still wants that adoration. I just well, I, I think know. there's something man, here, I, man. I, I don't I think know, there's they, something here. They, Turn I him out from is. Peyton Manning into Tom Brady. You know what they really should have done is when they went off the air, they should have teased something. See, you know, don't don't put it out there for everyone to see it, but do something special in that arena to see how much heat you could have really gotten with him. Uh, you know, they're in they're in Philadelphia. You've got the Eagles getting ready to play the Patriots. Where is John Cena from? Boston, Massachusetts. Well, Right in that area. Some, some I mean, little town outside of Boston, but West Newberry yeah. or something yeah. like that. You've got you've got a homegrown patriot right there in Philly. You know, you could have had oh man, I mean just just think of I mean, I know it would have gone viral. There would have been some footage out there, but it just would have been a cool testing ground. You know, he go they go off the air and from under the ring, Cena pulls out, you know, puts on a Patriots jersey and starts giving it to that crowd. From where we are right now, do you still see Undertaker versus John Cena at WrestleMania? I still believe it is in the works. How do you get there? Cena obviously loses the Elimination Chamber. Roman Reigns is winning the Elimination Chamber. I think I think we agree on that, right? Right, right. He's also being advertised for Fastlane. He is advertised, and it, but it's weird how they're like they're advertising it. It's like in a special guest appearance. Hmm. So I mean, that's kind of strange to me. But and it is all you know. What's I guess what we really got to look at here is Cena's out there going overboard. Like, I, I, guys, I'm just trying to get to WrestleMania, which seems a little odd to me because you're John freaking Cena. You just you go to WrestleMania, dude. Just point at the sign, and they'll open the door for you. Did you see the Wendy's uh, response on Twitter? So I don't. I did see that. It was pretty good. That was that was freaking fantastic. If you don't follow Wendy's on Twitter, you're missing out. I don't think we're going to get anything like exciting build here. It's just going to be some lowest common denominator booking. It's just going to be like uh, one of the two are going to be like, okay, I want you at WrestleMania. I think I think that we get Cena and Nakamura for the number one contendership at Fastlane. Nakamura goes over. Cena comes out, makes some comment about how there's nothing for him at WrestleMania. I guess I'll just leave. See you around. Dong. That's my guess. Right. And that's, I mean, that's just the bottom of the barrel booking. And I, I don't think that they even care. They're just going to think that moment's going to be big enough to carry itself. That they're not going to care to put any, you know, creative like any reasons for us to invest in it. It's just going to happen. I, I think that's what we're going to get to from, as we see AJ Styles versus Nakamura, as this thing grows going forward, they're like, Hey man, the smarts love it. We gave them their match. Now it's on cruise control. Have you seen this? <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Have you seen this rumored WrestleMania card that's floating around out there? Uh, I, I glanced at it a little bit. There were a couple spots, you know, a couple matches on there. I, right away, I was just kind of like, yeah. So I just kind of went on by. If the card that is floating around out there is actually the card that happens at WrestleMania, and I'm talking about the card that has Asuka versus Charlotte, and the card that has Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. I think that was the match I saw, and I was like, ah, shit on this. And it has Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, and John Cena versus Undertaker, and Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey and a partner. The rumor that I see flying around is Braun Strowman. Well, I've seen a couple, because I've seen... I think on there they had possi- the possibility of Strowman versus Miz, which we've discussed. Uh, like we were discussing that with Gooch this past week. None of us really seem to be all that thrilled about the possibility of those two working a Mania program. Obviously, we got the, the big name that everyone is speculating about is The Rock. But it looks like there might be some issues with insurance uh, insurance in an upcoming film, correct? He's, yep. he's, set to, he's set to go into production or begin filming. And I mean, that. that's a big deal. I mean, that's like hundreds of millions of dollars for that insurance policy that you've right. got to cover. Uh, so that, that there could eliminate The Rock. I, do you think even if he can't go as her partner, maybe they try to get him involved in some way just to bring that extra name value in? Well, if you can't get The Rock, what do you do with the program? Well, I was going to say the other name that I seen floating out there, and I'm somewhat interested in it, it would be that Kurt Angle would be her partner. I don't think it works. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing with this match, all right? And, And I've had people try to pitch to me and defend to me that putting Ronda Rousey inside of this mixed tag match protects her in the booking. And I completely disagree unless it's the rock. It has to be the rock. Otherwise this doesn't work. You need somebody who is a bigger star than Ronda Rousey. If you put her in there with somebody like Braun Strowman, suddenly Ronda Rousey has to carry a lot more of that match. She becomes the focal point because she becomes the focal point. You need somebody that's a bigger star than she is. And the only one is the rock. If you're not going to do that, then you have to kill this entire program and get her in a singles one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Well, you also have, you know, in addition to rock being that larger than life personality, who, who is that one, you know, one of those superstars that are a bigger name and are going to take the, the focus away from Rousey, but you also kind of got, you get some closure from one of the greatest rivalries and, you know, in WWE history and in the rock and triple H to carry you in there as well. Yep. Cause I mean, if you get Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey in the ring together, that's four seconds, one second for her to take Stephanie down and three seconds to count it. Stephanie, and anything else is not believable Ste- at Stephanie all. Stephanie has no business being in the ring with her. None. It'll be a complete joke. And Stephanie can't carry the wrestling side. You know, no. If you, put her, if you put Ronda out there with a Charlotte you know, or an Asuka or a Bliss or somebody, those talents can carry your green celebrity to a, a let's say, a respectable outing. At Right now, if you had to pick one person out of the women's division to face Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, who is it? Sure, sure. And it's it's so would you do it for the SmackDown women's title then? Yes. Here's my problem with that. I'm not, I'm not saying that because it's just my precious star, Char, and I want her to be in the biggest possible spotlight. I think Charlotte is your best all around women's performer. I agree with you. And you have the tie-in with the Flair name for more of a general rub. I agree with you, but here's my problem with that scenario. Okay. Do you really think they're going to send Ronda Rousey to fucking SmackDown? Oh, I get you right there. Maybe you got to. There's the problem. I mean, if, if Charlotte was on Raw, hell yeah, dude, I'm all in with that scenario. I just I cannot see Ronda Rousey being on SmackDown for a 1.73 rating. I just can't see it. 
I would say maybe what you do is, yes, she is challenging Charlotte, but you know, you could come out and say that she has something in her contract where she's not brand exclusive, and you could run this program between both shows. I'm not even sure that works, though. I mean, I think you need that visual because Charlotte's going to be way bigger than Rousey, right? And I, wh- which one's going to be the heel? Can we turn Charlotte? Like, if, if Charlotte comes back to Monday Night Raw, does she turn into the old Charlotte that was on Monday Night Raw? I think you use this, this. This is your vehicle to get there. You know, however, we can you can move people around. It's not like Charlotte has to stay on. Well, I you know, understand we can, that, but she's the kind of SmackDown Women's Champion, so there's know, you know well, kind she, of a issue I mean, she there. She could go. She could go to both. I mean, she could work both shows with. That's with why I'm saying, is it time to kill this but, fucking brand split? But what you could do here is start showing that you know going back to that that evil side of Charlotte, where she is the dirtiest player in the game, and you know, and, and it, we see that because she realizes. Yeah, she's up, she's up against one tough son of a bitch in Rousey, and she's going to need to do everything and anything to take her out. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I want to see Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. It seems like it seems like it seems like we're going to to ratchet Sasha Banks. If we're going to get evil bitch Sasha Banks. I want to see her get pummeled by Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Then I want to see Charlotte come out and make the save for Sasha. Because we've got the four horsewomen connection there. And then you can go to Rousey versus Charlotte from there. But I think for her first match, you want to put her in there with somebody that she can beat. Because, I mean, if she's on a full-time deal, this isn't a one-off. I almost think that stories going forward. And I guess she, she and I mean, if you get evil bitch, Sasha Banks on the microphone, tearing down Ronda Rousey, I think that you could get there and then just have Ronda fucking pummel her. Well, let me, let me run this by you. Is Rousey as over as WWE thinks she is? No, no. And I've been saying that since the beginning, she is viewed as somebody who got her ass whipped twice and then quit. UFC fighting, and now she's going to go do this. That's the perception that the casual fans have. She was way hotter like two years ago when this came up. Well, and speaking of hot, you know, that appearance really did nothing. She came out just as like Joe Schmo. The white shirt tucked into black mom jeans with a leather jacket. It just. I guess that. I guess that jacket actually belonged to uh, Hot Rod. I did hear that, and that's pretty cool. But still, it was it, it was not the visual that I wanted out of the first appearance of Ronda Rousey in any way, shape, or form. But I mean, even if we want to build this to a horsewomen versus horsewomen feud, I think the right choice here is Sasha Banks. As much as it pains me to say that. I'm almost off of this horsewoman, horsewomen versus horsewomen thing. You know, because you know, you're the one that informed me of this that the other two really have no interest right now in professional wrestling. Like they've just backed away from it. Agreed. But if you have Charlotte and Sasha versus Rousey, Rousey could bring her friend Shayna Baszler. That's why, I, that's why I am sour on this. They are getting it right with Baszler and NXT. She has something special and hot down there. I don't want her. I don't want this Ronda stuff overshadowing her or ruining her direction. That's a good point. That's a good point. I do like what Baszler's doing right now. Very much. It's almost... What they're, what they're doing in NXT is how you should be presenting these MMA crossovers. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Not, the, not Ronda out there, you know, just all giggles and smiles because she's so happy to finally be in WWE and, and pointing at the sign. They're getting it right with Baszler, and I don't, I don't want anything to ruin that. Uh, what do you expect out of Rousey? Do you expect more Shayna Baszler? Or are you expecting more Sonya Deville? Man, I'm, I don't think we're going to get any of that, really. I think we're, I think we're going to get this, this happy-go-lucky, you know, like almost like the, a baby Sasha Banks character where, oh, this is a dream. I'm so over the top that I'm here. It's going to get to a point where it's beyond annoying. I don't think they're going to present her in, in the right light. 
I hope I compl- I hope that I am wrong. You know, I I kind of I was hoping they you know they would come in with that fire of when Tyson was brought in to work a program. I mean, that yeah. was a moment. That was a huge moment. That had a real impact on you know just the company and professional wrestling as a whole. I think we're not. They're just gonna they're gonna swing and miss with this thing. I personally, I think that may be the most important moment in WWE history. Whether it was the greatest moment in WWE history or not can be debated, but I think it was the most important moment in <laughs> WWE history. Uh, I'm not going totally back just to set up to why this this just popped in my head. I still have these numbers here from the Mixed Match Challenge up on my screen as we're talking, and something just occurred to me. You know, they, they seem like they really, with Rousey, they're really set on that Mixed Match tag. Uh but was this whole is this mixed match challenge because it's a twelve week program? Oh, is it the whole build up is going to be we're going to give you the super mixed match challenge match? It's Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, the the duo that you really wanted to see. Is this is this like a twelve week build uh, to a Stephanie? Oh God, I hope not. Like God, they literally like not. they said, hey, let's run this thing out for the Facebook audience. This will be our testing ground, and then we're going to give them a huge payoff with Stephanie in a match. Can you imagine if they do that match, you know, that's going to be one of the top three matches on the WrestleMania card. Oh, if not the match on the WrestleMania hey, card. And for all, all of the smart fans out there that are, they're just foaming at the mouth. They can't wait for, for Nakamura and AJ Styles. If this mix match, a tag match happens, Triple H and Stephanie, they might get a longer they might get longer for their entrance than your WWE championship match. Last night, Carly went and watched the Wrestle Kingdom match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura on her phone. And it was like 42 minutes long. That's going to get cut in half. I'm, I will be surprised if they get more than 17 minutes. I'm expecting closer to 12. I, I, I have that match fourth from the top. As it stands right now, I have that match fourth from the top. Well, our friends, I got a question to ask you here. Did you listen to the locker room on Wednesday? Not yet. I have not. Okay. I started uh, to, but I haven't finished the episode yet. It was great, great episode. Uh, Billy Ray and Andrew over there. Andrew just joining us on the Hameen, Hacker Hameen Media Group uh, over in the locker room there. We're not the and, rookies and, anymore. Uh, well, I, no, he's got he's got a great deal of experience, man. He is a uh, true uh, professional, a great listen. But, you mean we're still you know, the rookies? I guess so. We, we, we're it. still mopping the floors and carrying the bags. Damn it. But, hey, they brought this up. I thought this was a great question. It, it, it was kind of humorous, too. If, if you knew, as the fan you are of Nakamura and AJ Styles and us smirking and all that, if you knew they were going to give them 40 minutes, but it was going to be on the pre-show, would you be okay with that? Mm. They're going to give them 40 minutes. They're going to let them go out there and work their match, do whatever they want, but it's on the pre-show. As a jealous fan, yes, I would be that's, absolutely okay say, with that. And that's what they were saying, you know, as, as you know. As, as a jealous flavor, fan. As a smart, yeah. Yes, sure, because, because then I can watch it and I can shut it off and I don't have to put up with the rest of this fucking bullshit because right now, WrestleMania, this rumored card that's floating around out there, the only thing that's missing is Corey Graves riding backwards on a camel for this thing to rival WrestleMania 9 for the biggest shit show you ever saw. I think the camel spot would be Coach. You think so? I would. I, he's, I, I, more I, of your, he's your comedy spot guy, right? They're not going to put to put uh, hipster coal in that spot. <sighs> okay, so now there's it, it, it's come that time again. We we only do this about once every eight weeks. If you are an avid week to week NXT watcher, please shut this episode off now, because I'm about to discuss something with Rick that happened at the NXT tapings over the last couple of days. These tapings run through March 14th. But what we're really going to talk about runs through the end of February. This was night one of the NXT tapings. So if you don't want to know, shut this show off right now. So Johnny Gargano is no longer in NXT. 
Johnny Gargano. Oh, see, this is this is news to me, man. I, I didn't go read the spoilers here. Johnny Gargano lost a match to Andrade Cien Almas for the NXT Championship. And the stipulation was if Gargano lost, he had to leave NXT. So imagine this visual. Gargano has Cien in the Gargano escape. The referee has been knocked out. Ciampa shows up, hits Gargano in the back with the crutch. Cien hits his DDT. The referee wakes up, counts the three. Gargano walks out, is met by William Regal on the ramp. Regal says, per the stipulations of the match, Johnny Gargano now has to leave NXT. And Tommaso Ciampa is seen in the crowd, waving goodbye. What the fuck are we doing here? (laughs) I'm terrified that they are sending Johnny Gargano to 205 Live in this cruiserweight fucking tournament. Rick, please tell me we're not sending Johnny Gargano to 205 Live to be part of this tournament. Oh, man. I I think we're going to get some kind of swerve. He's going to be back in NXT there. It, it just seems... It, it just seems that that can't be how it ends. You know? Nothing was done with this angle on night two of the tapings. The only thing that was done... When people came in for night two of the tapings, you, you know those white Johnny wrestling, like the, it's like a white piece of paper with like the Johnny Gargano smiley face on it. Right. They right. passed those out to the entire crowd on their way in to the taping. Ciampa comes out to cut a promo, gets in the ring, and he gets the Roman Reigns treatment. Every time he brings the microphone up to his face, he gets booed out of the building. Finally, he drops the mic and he walks out. This, then later on in the night, he comes out for another taping, and it's the same thing. And the entire crowd has these white Johnny Gargano signs. If Let's, let's say that maybe they do send him a 205. Could you just see that Ciampa just begins following him everywhere he goes and just starts tormenting like his entire life? That's, that's what I'm wondering here. Because Candice is also still in NXT. They also did a big angle with Candice LeRae during this set of tapings that did not involve Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano. Could they be looking at this as, you know, maybe let's give him some credit here because, you know, we've been talking here for weeks and, you know, anyone that knows anything about this, this could be the feud of the year. I mean, this is hot. This is a blood feud. Maybe they're thinking, you know, NXT, and then it's got its base. People love it for what it is. Let's take this one part of what's so hot over there, let's move it to 205 Live to try to save this brand. Does that work? Does that save that brand? Because I don't think it does without the booking team and the presentation that NXT supplies. I'm terrified if they send him to the main roster and they are left to Vince's booking, by the end of WrestleMania, DIY is going to be back together. That is the scary part. Uh, that is the scary part, how they handle it, who is handling it, most importantly. Uh, but you know what? If it, if it keeps the flow that we've been given so far, if it keeps that build, if it, if it keeps that mystique to it, I would begin watching 205 Live for that program on a regular basis. You know, there would be something that I, it's the must-see for me each week. So during this match, Vega tries to get involved. Once again, Candice comes out and runs Vega off. Over the meantime, on these tapings, you're going to get a, a bit of a feud here between Killian Dane and Alistair Black. Come to find out, this is going to be for the number one contendership. Alistair Black ends up winning that. You're left with Alistair Black versus Andrade Cien Almas at TakeOver New Orleans, which I think is the match that we were all anticipating. The interesting part of this angle is when they shoot it for the contract signing, Black comes out. Andrade does not. Instead, Vega comes out. And Black makes the comment, it's nice to see that you came out here alone. I, however, didn't. And Candace comes out again and whips the shit out of Zelina Vega. I think we're going to finally get Zelina Vega versus Candace LeRae and take over New Orleans. It seems like we're going to spin off into a singles program for the women here. My question to you is, do you want to see Zelina Vega 
transfer into an in-ring role? Or do you like her just as the shit-talking advocate for Andrade Cien Almas and potentially anybody else that would come into the company that needs her tutelage? I almost like her, you know, just in that management I, I know, man. She, she's a great in-ring talent. Uh, I think she would have great success there. But what she's doing now, it's, you know, it's such a throwback and it's so unique in today's atmosphere to have someone in that position, and especially that strong female individual. Uh, I, think she, I think she is perfect right where she's at. Do you want to see this match? Candice LeRae, Zelina Vega. Yeah, I, I want to see this match. I, think I mean, if they build to it for over the course of three months, absolutely, I want to see this match. Right. But I'd, but with that, I wouldn't want to see that, you know, if that be the, the way that they open up the gate to transition her into becoming a full-time female competitor. I think That's my fear. A, a match like this should be reserved for those special occasions. I you know, don't maybe, remember. Maybe we see her just every couple of years get in there and mix it up in an actual match. I don't remember. Do you? Was Zelina Vega out with CN during the Rumble? No. He just came out by himself. Yeah. Does Andrade Cien Almas translate to the main roster without Zelina Vega? I think he does, but but not. I don't think it'd be as effective. I think he's a great talent. He's going to get over. You know, he's right now. He's really showing people that that he does that he has earned the spotlight. He is one of those talents that can perform on the big stage. But I, you know, she she just gives him that little that extra oomph. She is the spice that that makes everything so nice for him. That makes it work. Who's going to win this match? Is it going to be Black? Is it time for Alistair Black to carry the NXT title? Or is it time for Andrade Cien Almas to figure out a way to finally defeat Alistair Black and hold that title until Drew comes back for it? I think it's time to send Drew to the main roster. Drew is kind of the wild card in this whole damn thing. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy how over Black is. I could see them running with him. But that's the thing. Alistair Black is so over, he doesn't need that title. I could see them just moving in that direction there. I, I think that he... The longer that he stays in NXT, I believe is is best for him. So I mean, it, it is while the people are hot, I could see a, just an incredible run out of him, maybe a record breaking run. So coming out of Takeover New Orleans, you would be left with if CN retains the title, I assume Drew McIntyre. If Alistair Black wins the title, do you immediately go to Adam Cole versus Alistair Black? That seems like I, the logical feud. I there. think you go back. You go back and revisit that. Yeah. Uh, now with with Drew though, man, I, I'm still just stuck on. Or do you just send Drew up? Yeah. Does I'm Drew thinking, need to I'm go thinking, back? I don't. I don't think Drew needs to go to NXT. SmackDown could really use a Drew McIntyre. I think. I think you're right. He is best used somewhere else. And, and you know, and to be realistic, he's so much bigger than everyone in NXT. <laughs> I uh, mean, just that visual, you know, they, I think they need his talent elsewhere. Yeah. Drew is so big. Maybe he goes to raw. I, I really think that Drew McIntyre could be the Randy Orton to John Cena. I think Drew McIntyre could be that for Roman Reigns. Rick, anything else that you wanted to talk about on this episode? I know you've got some stuff going on this evening. I've got some kids to run all over town. I think we've been at this for about an hour. I think it's about time we call it a day. Yeah, good talk on some news there. Uh, I, like I said, I have got a, a very busy week. For those that don't know out there, I work in events and promotions. and So much going on for the Super Bowl weekend. Just a lot of great fun events up here on Lake Erie. Keeping me busy. So that's going to do it for this week. Rick and I will be back in your ear holes this Monday in the locker room over at hackerhameen.podbean.com. Now 100,000 downloads deep. Yeah, got them numbers, boy. 
As always, visit our friends over at thegorillaposition.com, Ryan and Michael, daily for all your pro wrestling needs as they tell the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Find us on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick, how do the Cena Marks find you? Oh, uh, over on Twitter at TheRealRBV. And as always, on Facebook, you can find me at our home in the Hameen Media Discussion Group. So much great activity going on. We're, we're still buzzing. We, we're keeping it rolling strong from last week. We're still going. So I invite everyone to head on over there and check us out. All right, that's it for this week. We'll talk to you next. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers. Label me. I don't give up. I'll be your bad guy.